Whoa, it's Walter Unfiltered, my podcast. And I got to tell you, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for um, enjoying what we've been able to put out there. The podcast is something that's really special to me because it's a chance for me to sit and talk one-on-one -on -one with some of my heroes of NASCAR at times and, and relay messages to the fans about what I see on the track and all that we are accomplishing in NASCAR. And certainly it's been a huge week uh, in our sport, a huge couple of weeks. And today I want to just say thank you. Thank you to Bubba Wallace. Thank you to NASCAR for stepping up and doing the right thing. Everybody reached out, everybody rallied around Bubba. And so cool to watch the start of the race on Monday to see those drivers all supporting crew members for as far as you could see supporting Bubba. We're gonna talk about all that. We're also gonna talk about the awesome racing action at Talladega. I'm telling you, I was on the edge of my seat all day long watching what a great race, what a great job by Jeff Gordon, Mike Joy, Larry McReynolds, uh, the pit reporters, everybody just made that such a fun day. So thank you for the racing and I'm looking forward to sharing some stories with you. My producer, Ford Martin, is joining me. We're doing a mailbag edition of Walter Unfiltered today. We're gonna to take your questions. And we're gonna talk about a lot of things that have going on, have been going on in the world of NASCAR. And we're gonna do it right now. Hello, welcome to our show today. We have a mailbag edition. We wanna hear what the fans have to say, what the fans are thinking after uh, such a, crazy week in the world of NASCAR and so many great positive things that happened. Obviously there was some, some very concerning and disturbing events as well. So we want to dig into to all that, talk uh, about our friend Bubba Wallace and how he has stepped up and said, you know, we, we want to move NASCAR forward and we want to make sure that it's an inclusive environment for anyone that wants to come to the races. That started uh, a couple of weeks ago with the Confederate flag being removed from all the NASCAR events. I think everybody agrees that's a, a great, I, a great um, move by, by NASCAR. And Bubba stepping up and saying that that's what he wanted to see done. And then, of course, the, the sad uh, events that happened down at Talladega with, with the, um, the rope that was in, in the garage area. Um, in my eyes, there was, there was a happy ending. It wasn't a hate crime. The FBI was there. They didn't have any evidence that anyone was, was targeting anyone. And so I'm thankful for that. And I'm, I'm thankful for mostly what happened on the grid on Monday, how those drivers all rallied around Bubba and, and crew members, just as far as you could see. There were people that were supporting Bubba and wanting to hug him and tell him that they love him. That's what America is to me. Um, we're all created equal. We, we, we all are the same, 100% the same. And I, I've never been prouder of, of our sport and of the, the drivers and crew members that, that were there on, on, on the pit road in Talladega supporting our friend Bubba. So thank all of you for that. Thank you to the stars, Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, all stepping up and saying, Todd Dillon, Austin Dillon, so many drivers. I, I hate to just name a few because everybody stepped up and said, uh, that's, not what, that's not who we are. 
you know, we, we're here to, to race cars and, and give people an experience that they can enjoy. And man, I, you know, certainly in, in some tough times, uh, when, when the race was over on Monday, I've never felt prouder of, of NASCAR and our sport. Just think about that for a second. NASCAR stepped up. They, they, they heard or saw news of something that was disturbing. They said, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And the FBI came in and, and they used all the resources possible to get to the bottom of what happened. And um, I think that says, says so much about the leadership of NASCAR. Uh, that, that, that they were that serious and they said, this, there's no place in, in our sport for that. And we're going to find out what happened. And they got to the bottom of it in a hurry. And you know what? We're not, we're not moving on. We're not just moving on from what happened to Talladega. We're, we're moving forward with more momentum, more energy, and, and more inclusion than ever before. Um, I loved after the race when Bubba went up in the stands and saw some of, um, some of the fans that were there to support him. Um, and, and I got to tell you, I, I love the race. The race, the race was incredible. The, the action we saw and everything that went on on the racetrack. Uh, and then it was, there was an exclamation point in my eyes after the race with Bubba being able to celebrate with, uh, with some of the fans in the stands. So uh, today we're gonna talk about Talladega. We're gonna take questions from the fans. It's our mailbag edition. And I'm going to bring in and include in the podcast today, my producer, He's a young man uh, named Ford Martin. And I, uh, Ford, I got to tell you, last week when we had Mark Martin on and when his face lit up because he got to see you, you know, a young man that has grown up in NASCAR, your father was a crew chief, a, a, a veteran of this sport for so many years. And, and when Mark, I, I watched it, you know, when, when Mark looked around, he said, Ford, how, how you doing? You know, getting to, Getting to see Mark's uh, appreciation for you and your family and what all you've done, uh, that, that meant the world to me. And I just wanted to tell you that we, we, I appreciate you being my producer and helping me with my podcast because I, I love doing this, but also appreciate your family and what all you meant to the sport. And, and there's uh, many, many guests that we have that look at you and say, I know that kid. So, uh, Thank you, buddy. What are, what are our fans asking about? What are the stories uh, that they, they want us to touch on here today? I know you've been on um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, everywhere, scouring the internet for content for this, this evening's show. What you got, buddy? Well, we thank everybody for all the fans, whether that's on Reddit or Twitter or Facebook, using the hashtag AskMikey uh, for all their questions. So we'll go ahead and start with Donald Neville. And he asked, who is the best rookie in the current rookie class and who will be the best when it's all said and done out of this class? Well, I mean, statistically, right, you have to say Tyler Reddick. Is, is that correct, uh, Ford? Yeah. I mean, his numbers are, are the best. Uh, he's been ultra impressive i mean what he did in the xfinity series and and the way he was able to 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 conquer homestead miami speedway and 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 take that championship down that 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 got everyone's attention but then when he came to cup 
And just a couple of races in, I remember it vividly out at Phoenix, driving his way through the field and running up front. He had a had a, a, a suspension failure or a tire failure. Something went wrong. But you said right then. And then that's what someone like me uh, who's raced forever, you want someone to do things that impress you. You know, you want to look at a driver and say, well, wow, he that car didn't do that before or or I didn't see that team performing at that level. and and what I love about Tyler Reddick is uh, this, this show, was it a year ago or roughly, maybe, a, maybe two, we had him on and he said, I just got to quit running into shit. You know, I just, I run into stuff too much. And the, and the funny thing about that was, it was, I guess it was a year ago, I was at Charlotte uh, in the infield by my bus uh, watching, watching the Xfinity race. And when it was over, Tyler walks up and I said, that was kind of a tough day because he got in the wall late a couple of times. And he's like, you know, I just, I just, I just go. He said, I, I'm hammered. I'm used to racing. You know, I'm, I'm a short tire. I'm used to going from the beginning to the end. I just got to go. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let up. I'm going to just go hard. And that, that spirit, that energy is exactly what you want in a young racer. But then when you get to NASCAR, you understand that these races are three, four, 500 miles and 600 miles. And you, 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 you can't, can't do that every lap. You gotta, you gotta let, you gotta let your, your, your uh, discretion be the better part of valor. My daddy used to say that. I'm really not sure what it means, but it seems to fit right here. Uh, you've gotta take it easy every now and then. And just watching Tyler, understand that figure that out on his own and then be the guy that he is today running up front and and not only not only is he running well uh he's made either austin dillon has made tyler reddick better or tyler reddick has made austin better because they're both running well they're they're both showing uh winning speed and potential to go out and win any sunday so he's I know there's, it's a great class. John Hunter was in contention to win Talladega. How cool was that? Uh, we, we've, we've seen a lot of speed from, from our rookies, including Christopher Bell. I mean, you, they're all really good. But for me so far, Tyler Reddick. Well, we'll go ahead and move on to our second question. This is from Gage B. And with now the Bristol hosting the All-Star Race coming up here on July 15th, hey, Mikey, he wants to know your thoughts about the car placement debate moving from the number right in the middle of the car to the back, right in front of the rear wheel well, and having the sponsor right on, on the side. So what is your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, hats off to Marcus Smith. Uh, we've, we've talked to Marcus, uh, you know, and, and had him, had him, he's been our guest. He's a genius and he, he makes me smile. When I think of Marcus, I just light up because of his spirit because of his passion and his love for the sport. So thank you, Marcus, for moving uh, the All-Star Race to Bristol. It's, it's, it's gonna be really fun. Uh, I've, I've had, I had a really special moment at Bristol, uh, a couple of them by, by winning the Xfinity Race uh, back years ago. And then I had one moment at Bristol where I almost, you know, I guess I almost got killed. It's, it's weird to say I almost got killed because I didn't even get hurt. But if, if you watched it, you would have said, well, that guy's dead. Um, and that was 
April 7th, 1990, 4790. I'll never forget it because it was, it was horrific, the crash that I, that I had. And, and just a couple of memories of that day for me was, and, and I tell about this on, in my documentary, Blink of an Eye, that, that's out now that people seem to really appreciate and enjoy. But, you know, Dale Earnhardt coming into the Enfield Care Center when, when, when everybody thought they'd seen Mikey get killed, he's like, you're one tough son of a bitch, I'll tell you that. You know, Dale Earnhardt, he's the toughest son of a bitch. And, you know, him, him, uh, him telling me that that day, I'll, I'll never forget it. And just, just getting, um, getting to race the next day, you know, that's, that's what racers do. You, you wreck, and the next day you race again. And I, I got to race again the next day. And, um, and then in 93, I won on Saturday. It was the first race after Alan Quickie uh, got killed. And um, when I took the checker flag, I turned around and did, did the first, I did a Polish victory lap for him in his honor. Uh, so that, that was special. You know, and a lot of people don't know that, but it's, it's special to me. And um, I went to victory lane and proposed to, to Buffy to marry me. Um, and she said, yes. And we have a beautiful daughter, Macy, that just graduated from the University of Michigan um, as a result of, of our marriage. Um, we're not married anymore, but I still love her. And I still, uh, that's still one of my, my favorite memories of my racing career, Get, getting a checkered flag and then, you know, asking your girlfriend in Victory Lane to marry you. And, and fortunately, she's saying yes. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. And then in um, 2004, I think, uh, I won the, the race on, on, on Friday night, the Xfinity race. And um, it was with the team that we built behind my house in Cheryl's Ford. So we had a garage behind my house and we, we, we had the, the crew guys and we put the parts and pieces together and we drove out from behind my house to Bristol and won. And there was some really, that was some really proud crew guys that got the checkered flag at Bristol because that, you know, Bristol's tough and we were able to, to accomplish that. So uh, I have a lot of great memories personally from Bristol. Th those are a few of them. Um, but I just think it's, it's so awesome, especially after what we saw in, in the race there a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that was, that was incredible racing. Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, all of them just, just battling for that checkered flag. What, what intense action and what, what craziness it was. And now we're going to go race for a million dollars. Race car drivers aren't really motivated. Like, I don't think the million dollars, that's a lot of money, but I won the all-star race in 1996 and it paid $216,000, I think. And I don't have that no more, but I got that trophy. And, you know, winning the all-star race and getting the trophy, that's, that's one of the coolest uh, trophies to have uh, in all of NASCAR. So thank you, Marcus. I can't wait to, to watch these drivers go race for that million bucks and that big, that, that special all-star trophy. It's going to be a lot of fun. As old people do, I digress. I got to thinking about Bristol and the all-star race and the fun it is. And the question was uh, about the number. I'm just going to tell you, I don't like it. Like, I'm a, I, I like, I want the number on the door. 
I would be okay if the number were smaller, maybe. Like, it doesn't have to be dramatically smaller, but if it were smaller on the door, um, I'd be okay. I don't, I just don't, I don't like moving it. I, I like it right where it was. I think they should make the, the number, like take the side of the car, make the number, leave it where it is, but make it smaller and then make the sponsor's name bigger. I mean, call me crazy, but doesn't that accomplish the same thing? Like let the sponsor crowd into where the number was, but then you look at the card, it still looks like a NASCAR. Like when you put that number somewhere else, it just, mm. so I'm okay with trying it. And I commend NASCAR. They, they do so many, um, they've done a lot of, a lot of great things lately trying to be innovative and trying to move the needle and, and, and make more people, um, interested and and then in this case try to give the sponsors more value but in my opinion we just need to make the quarter panel longer and leave that number in the middle right where it's always been take the number off the roof i don't think we really need that you put a big smiley face on there or, you know or your sponsor's logo or whatever but uh the one on the doors it to me it's it belongs there well, Michael, we'll actually keep on top of the, the all-star race itself. We, we've heard rumors of a choose cone. Obviously, moving it to a short track provides a whole new element. Uh, let's say you're in charge of the all-star format or, or anything that you would like different in the all-star race. Now that it's at Bristol, we'll put you on the spot here. What, what would you like to see, uh, whether that's being the format of the race, different things they can do to the cars? What would you like to see for the all-star race here in, here in Bristol in July 15th? Um, just, I, I like inversions. I think that we've seen that I, I like no practice. So let me, let me tell you that, Ford. Let me tell you a quick story. When practice was over at California um, back in February, if you, if you had a computer and you could watch lap times and you had a brain, you would look at things and say, well, Alex Bowman's going to win this race. I mean, he was just faster than everybody else. And so, you know, he won the race. Well, if you have no practice, you, 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 there's more uncertainty. There, there's certainly more interesting storylines to see who does what and how it all plays out. So I, I like no practice. I, I like inversion. I don't think the fastest car should ever start up front because, you know, that it's, it's pretty hard to pass the fastest car. So um, um, I, I enjoy stage racing. I think it, mix things, it mixes things up. Uh, as far as the choose cone, I'm not really into that so much. I just feel like more, more rules. I, I'm just not really into more rules. I think that, that you know, if, if you get a bad – if you come off pit road in the wrong position and you, you get a bad starting spot, then you just fight, fight your way to, to overcome it. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what, what all comes out on how the all-star race is going to play out, but no practice, um, inversion, stage racing, all those things I think make sense to me. Well, obviously, it's going to be one fun event for the All-Star Race there in Bristol. So I'm excited, but I think it's going to be kind of cool, especially what we saw during the day race. Now you're going to couple it with 30,000 fans. I think that – I think, obviously, being an All-Star Race, a short track, some fans involved, the most we've seen since the whole break, I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be exciting. I, 
I do too. I got a buddy that has a suite and I think I'm in, I think he, I think I, I think I got a ticket. We're going to play golf uh, in the afternoon and then, and then go watch the all-star race at night. So Ford, I know you've, you've gotten to know me, but you, you won't, you won't ever meet a bigger race fan than me. It, it's just, it's like you. It's exactly, it was how I was raised. Ever since I can remember, mom and dad have been loading me up or loaded me up in the back of the car and took me to a race. And I would run around in the infield and we would have a picnic and, and watch the race. And I, I, anytime I get a chance, I love my job with Fox. And so being on TV is great. And I, I feel like that, you know, because of my knowledge and experience, I, I can tell stories that are not only hopefully entertaining is my goal, but informative. But when I'm able just to go and have a couple beers and, and watch a race, that, that's, that's as good as it gets for me. Well, I think Bristol is gonna is gonna be exciting itself. I know me and a couple of buddies we're gonna we're gonna go up there and watch the race in the stands. And I think that's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a blast. But obviously, Br Bristol itself. I used to be a part of the MRO group that used to sing the national anthem. I'm not sure if Macy was there or she not. Was. But yeah, and we I'm, to I'm gonna challenge you. Find the picture of you and Macy. Like Macy was was probably not much different age than you. Find the picture and let's let's share it with our. I want you to share a picture of you and Macy singing the national anthem, which I just that Chase Elliott is in that picture as well, and probably Ryan Blaney. I don't know, but I want you to find that and share it with our 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 viewers, listeners, and then also me proposing to my my what is now my ex-wife, which is kind of weird, but I think that'd be pretty good video. And then of course we got to show me. The, the, the video of me crashing there. So uh, those are some of your assignments, Ford. You're the producer. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm the talent. <laughs> I don't mean to sound uh, like hey, I'm, used, I'm used to the talent boss. I'm used to the talent bossing me around a little bit. So I'll, I'll make sure I take that, that, uh, that taken care of. So we'll go ahead and we'll go to the, we'll go to the next question here. And uh, Michael, this is, comes from Matt from Reddit. He says, hey, Michael, what duo do you think is the current equivalent at the super speedways to you and Dale Jr.? <laughs> well, I really appreciate everybody from Reddit that, that sends in questions and, and appreciates and enjoys Waltrip Unfiltered. So uh, I want to say thank you to the Reddit community. And I also, also want to say thank you for the memories, you know, remembering um, the, the, the run that Dale Jr. and I had. I, I, I have a book, it's, it's called Blink of an Eye, and in it, I don't, I don't remember exactly the numbers, but there, there was, from 2001 to 2003, whether it was Daytona Talladega, um, the, the, the 125 qualifiers, uh, or, the, or the cup race or whatever, like there was eight straight road, eight straight races in a row that I finished you know, in the, in the top two or three, which was crazy. And, you know, it was, it was because of Dale. Uh, Dale, Dale was really good on the plate races, but he appreciated and understood how hard Richard and the team worked on his, his number three car. You know, they, they wanted to bring the fastest car there because they knew Dale could take advantage of the fastest car. And, and Dale, uh, when he, 
when, when he started DEI, he had that same passion to, 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 to build Daytona Talladega cars faster than the competition, put a lot of emphasis on those cars. And so we just, we just had good cars. And for some reason, when I, you know, when I came to, to NASCAR, Daytona and Talladega, even when I didn't have a great car, even when I was with a, a team that wasn't um, contending for wins week in and week out, we could always race for wins at Daytona and Talladega. So um, I just had a knack for it. I don't really know why, but um, Dale knew that. And he knew that if he gave me a good car, I was going to go win. He, he told me that uh, many times before uh, I got to drive for him. So um, it, it takes a fast car. And right now, I guess, to answer the question for uh, you got you got to look at Penske because it just seems like Joey and Ryan Blaney I guess specifically and Brad as well but those two always seem to wind up up front and so if if you think about Dale Jr. and I's success DEI was the key to that and if you look at Ryan and Joey and the speed that they have and Brad uh, Penske Penske Team Penske is responsible for that for that so I would, if you, if you put me on the spot and said, who is it? And even though Denny Hamlin, it doesn't look, it doesn't seem like he needs a duo. He just seems to figure it out on his own. But I think Ryan and, and Joey are a couple that I would put up against anybody. And we saw the dominance of Penske there on Monday. Of course, Ryan Blaney and when Penske especially had that bottom line working, painting the yellow line all the way around with those three Penske cars. And of course, Ryan Blaine making an unbelievable save. And you can see with his bright neon gloves in there, going back and forth, holding on to that race car. I, mean, I guess you can really speak to that. How difficult is that? Like that save that he made? I mean, for newcomer fans, you're like, oh, okay, that's a pretty good save. But talk about how difficult that is. Well, saving it's happened at 200 miles an hour. So you have to multiply it for the normal uh, person that drives down the road by about four. And you just have to appreciate the skill and the talent. And, and then also, um, I, think it was, I think it was from my eye. I talked to Denny Hamlin today, and I said, from my eyes, it looked like Ryan Blaney said, sorry, Eric, I'm just going to have to run into you. If I'm going to win this race, I'm going to have to knock you out of the way. And they're, they're playing bumper cars at nearly 200 miles an hour coming to the checkered. And Ryan... I think you could hear it in his voice. You know, he kind of felt bad about running, running Eric out of the way, but you know, they're just using every, everything, every tool they have to get to, to the checkered flag. And Ryan, Ryan Blaney, he, he could see Jones coming. He's like, darn, I hate to do this, but bam, you know, that's, that's just how you race these days. And I, I enjoyed that race tremendously. And, and I, Having won at Talladega before, I, I really respect and appreciate um, these drivers doing everything they can to get to victory lane because, you know, it's, it's just that. It's a, it's, a, it's a big deal. Don't ever discount a guy winning uh, anywhere. And, and, and whether it's Talladega or Bristol or Charlotte, it's, it's hard. And I don't think it's ever looked any harder than it did uh, Monday afternoon or Monday evening at Talladega. That was, that was crazy. 
On to the next question here. This comes from CJ Hurston in Connecticut, and he wants to know something a little about you, about this whole grid walk, and where did it come from? Whose idea was it for it to be you? Talk about uh, talk a little bit behind that right there. Well, uh, that's that's unfortunate because I, I write a lot of stuff down because I realize I'm getting older and I forget a lot of stuff. Plus, there's the whole um, multiple of multiplier of me running into concrete walls back in the in the 90s so I don't remember who came up with it but they said you know just go down there and and see if you can interview some <laughs> interview some drivers and so I did that and you know it seemed to be pretty funny and and unpredictable and and certainly um unrehearsed and there's been some there's been some great moments certainly moments that I won't forget. The one that I hear about maybe most was when I dropped that, that taco on Denny's car that see, here's what happened there for that. that I'm not, that wasn't a hundred percent my fault because I ordered hard shell tacos um, from the, the taco stand there at, at Texas and they brought me soft shell. So when I grabbed it, you know, obviously I thought the shell would hold the, the meat and the cheese and then it was soft and it fell out. And then I got to, to, to hang out with the Migos at California. They got, they got rap songs and they were really funny and fun. And, um, you know, I, I got to 50 Cent said he's going to kiss me if I won the race. That, that was a great moment. Um, then, you know, just, just touching moments when I, when I ran into Joey Logano at Pocono and he was with the make a wish child and the kid, you know, they were just sharing a moment and I walked up and, and that's, I think that's something that maybe a lot of people don't understand about the grid walk. Yeah. You have, you have to be perceptive, you know, you have to be looking to see what all what's happened you know you don't want to you don't want to come around the corner of the car and, and joey's having a special moment with a with a priceless precious uh, child that that's having a great day and 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 be goofy you got to be soft you know you gotta you gotta look and, and appreciate what you see and so um you know just just getting to getting to 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 stand beside the stars of the sport and have them not pre prepared or rehearsed for whatever's going to happen, uh, whether it's funny, it's emotional, it, it, whatever it is, serious. I try to be serious sometimes. And um, those, those moments, they, they mean a lot to me. Um, I, I, I really appreciate Fox letting me do it. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to my next grid walk. I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm certainly looking forward to, to being down on the grid and getting to see the drivers again. I think it gives the fans at home a chance to maybe a little bit more than, than normal to see that, that these guys are, these racers are just like them. They're just, they're just dudes uh, blessed to get to do something they love. And, and, uh, and, and that, that means the world to me. Well, hopefully we have it, have you back. I know Fox only has a limited amount of races left here. So hopefully uh, we can get you back 
um, maybe the Daytona 500 of next year. I think that would be, be pretty special to have. But we'll go ahead and ask another question here. This comes from Justin in Lynchburg, Virginia. And we saw Richard Petty at the racetrack on Sunday. So it made him think, is there a story not many people know about, about Richard Petty that, that you uh, love hearing about Richard? Or just an all-time great story that you know about Richard that really uh, not many people know about. Well, yes. And, and um, it involves me. I, I lived in Kentucky in 1984. I was the 1983 NASCAR Dash Series champion. Uh, I lived in, in Kentucky and I drove back and forth to North Carolina and I won the Dash Series championship in 1983. I guess if you looked at the Dash Series now, maybe it's the equivalent of the K&N. I don't know. Uh, we, run, we ran a lot of the same tracks that the, um, the, the NASCAR Cup Series stars ran. It was actually when it was when it was first uh, created. It was called the Baby Grand Series, and it was the, the the Cup Series back then was the Grand National Series, and um, so it was called the Baby Grand Series because they were just like small four cylinder cars, like the the big guys, but baby. And so in '83, I won that championship, and in '84, um, my funding ran out like any other racers does, I guess. And um, I ran a few races, but I, I, I won a couple, but not many. And I just, I needed to get to North Carolina. And uh, I, had a, I had a sponsor, a comfort coach. They built customized vans and they gave Richard Petty a van. Uh, and, and, you know, he put, his, he put his picture on their advertising. That's the way, that's the way, things work and the the owner of comfort coach said we we got to get mike to north carolina if he's going to get a cup ride or if he's going to get a nascar so um i moved in with kyle petty uh, because kyle had to deal with him as well and and after about three or four months kyle i think he kicked me out um i couldn't keep my room clean i i didn't get up early in the morning i don't remember what the problem was but i got kicked out and about the when the day i think i got kicked out Linda Petty, who is Richard's beautiful, wonderful wife, uh, God rest her soul, um, she, she saw me in the parking lot at Petty Enterprises because Kyle had given me a part-time job there. And um, Linda said, would you like to come live with, with Richard and I? Because we live closer to Petty Enterprises and um, you know it wouldn't be that long of a drive and I think that'd be better for you. And so I said, yeah. So I moved in with the King and, and Miss Linda. And we, we would, we would like, I never got to spend any time with my brother. Like Daryl, you know, he moved off. I was, I was, he was 16 when I was born. So he moved off to be a race car driver um, when he was 16. So I never saw him. And I never got to sit on the couch and listen to Daryl tell me about racing, but I lived with Richard Petty and Richard Petty would, would come home from the race on Sunday and I'd be sitting there on the couch waiting for him to get there. And, and he would tell me stories about, you know, the day and how he raced and what he thought. And, and it, it, it molded me. It, it, it gave me direction. It gave me a sense of what it took to be successful. So I, I hate to think what my racing career would have been like without 
the influence of Richard Petty, and and not only not only you know his um, his direction and and his his insight, but just you know he kind of took me under his wing and he said you know I'll I'll help you understand how to do this, and obviously I was able to win a few races and and have success, and I don't think I could have had that without Richard. And and let me just tell you this, Ford. So. 1984, right? I'm sitting on the couch watching Johnny Carson with, with Richard Petty or, or we're, we're watching re, VHS or no, I think it was VCR. We're watching tapes of old, of races. And fast forward to 2019, um, we, we released a um, documentary called uh, Blink of an Eye and it was about my career and me winning Daytona and us losing Dale. And the, the, the premiere for this documentary was held in New York City. And uh, I, I get a little emotional, but we, uh, we're in New York City and Monster Energy they, they produced it and uh, paid for making it because they, they thought it was an awesome story. And we're in New York City and Richard Petty and I are sitting in the theater side by side watching my documentary. Go back to 1984. You know, and I, I, when I first got a good, a real taste of NASCAR, starting to understand what it was, I was on the couch sitting beside Richard Petty watching NASCAR. So that moment last year with him and, and us watching my story, probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. Wow, Michael, that was, um, wow, that was, that was touching. That was pretty emotional. That was, it was great. Uh, good story we had there. And, Man, I tell you what, this has been a great episode we've had today, and I, I truly appreciate you you having me on here. Well, I, I enjoy talking with you. I appreciate your history and your knowledge of the sport, and I love sharing these stories. So, uh, Ford, keep up the good work. Keep uh, pushing those buttons on the computer, getting them questions from our fans, and, and helping me to have this podcast because it's something that I dearly love, and I couldn't do it without you. Wow, that was fun. I really appreciate enjoying those stories. Appreciate my producer, Ford Martin, being on board with me, helping me to uh, go down memory road a bit and then answer the fans' questions. Getting your input and understanding what's interesting to you is something that is near and dear to our heart. Be sure to tell your friends that they can join Walter Unfiltered via their favorite podcast app. We're also on all of Fox Sports social media channels, whether it's YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. So uh, appreciate you enjoying another and, and watching another of my podcast. And I can't wait for next week. What's next? Who knows? See you soon. <laughs>